0: Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace and Mike Strevel. Second Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. I don't believe I can go through this. Oh, I've got an outline here. I believe I can go through it in thirty minutes. And I don't, I don't want you to listen because whether you believe a word or not, you know exactly what I believe about this. And what I'm going to talk about is, is the Holy Spirit and revival. You'll know tonight after i said that, what I think of revival is. Uh, the text that I want to begin with is First and Second Timothy one and 7. Get your Bible now. Follow, follow along with it, Uh Second Timothy one and seven. to me, there's four things that would be an absolute for us to do what we talked about tonight, and uh, we'll either do them or we won't do them. They're available for us. And uh, Second Timothy know. one and seven. Excuse me, brother. He didn't for a while. Here's over there. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind." In other words, I think Paul is, is saying that Timothy, is not to be timid, and that he has power equal to dynamite within him. I want to, I want, I want to talk about a, uh, about a display of unbounding energy, and, and this will have to do first with the scientific development of energy control, what scientists have done. They put us to shame. I, 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 I need to quit using us. They put me to shame. So I'm going to start out with horsepower. That is about the first historic record we have of people uh, harnessing energy. It's horsepower. The use of animals was the first means of multiplying the power at the disposal of man. In other words, when you see an old gray, old gray mare walking around and grazing in the pasture. That's not that's you she's not harnessed, she's not doing you one bit of good. And for her to be of value to you, to pull your plow, you've got to harness that energy where it can be released. You've got to put a gear on her, what farmers call, it. you've got to put a collar on her, and gear her up and hit her to the plow. And then when you say get up and she starts and the plow begins to move, that's force plow. And that's one of man's first early development in a scientific way. Uh, and, and, and the development of energy control. Now we need to follow this. Then, then we had the water wheel, water coming through the storage down in there. It, it, it does not, not anyone any good. But if they had something in there that they, you know, that had a, a generator of some kind, and they harnessed it, then it would be a power plus. And then uh, we have the wind. Man has harnessed wind, and the windmills, and then the sails the boats. Then the steam, the steam engine. This revolutionized. Industrial. Then we have the hydraulic turbine, and, and I read this in a book, that a, that a hydraulic turbine it works in, in water, but one of them is equal to 100,000 horsepower. Now scientists have done this while we fiddle that around and, and said that we're being defeated by a power that made all of this. Every one of these I'm reading about, God made it, that's including the horse, and the water, and all of this, the wind, God is behind all of this, and it's all out there before we ever made a scientist. Even a horse was created for a man was. All of that's out there. And then God created a man and said, You go out there and find all of this now, but you have to harness it for it to be any good to you. That old wild horse wasn't w wasn't, wasn't worth anything to a man. He just went out there and eat grass. Scientific development of energy control. We need to know that. And then we have the diesel engine. Uh well, before that we have the, the, the internal combustion engine, that was the gasoline. And then, then, uh, we had uh, the diesel, and then in 1939 came the splitting of the atom, thus atomic energy. This startling discovery was the climax of more than 50 years of pain-taking work. I believe, I believe these men worked feverishly at this, and I wonder sometime if I can get up at 6 o'clock and pray a little bit early. Here's men worked 50 years at this. They didn't know what the outcome would be, but they knew we set our sails. And if it can be done, we're going to do it. That's a far cry to whether you know whether you're going to slow down your car out for God, brother Man, or, or me have to confess I'm lazy about praying. That's a shame for us to have to do that. When all of this power that put that out there, we're going to find out God said that's inside of you and it's inside of me. So he said, Timothy, you don't have to be timid because there's a power in you that made an atom one time and then let men split Just dumbfounded everybody. Then uh, the next development was in 1945, in August the 6th, with the announcement that Hiroshima had been obliterated by one atomic bomb. God made that fire where He made man, but let man find it. Then on to the moon, as man by tireless effort. Harnesses the power that God put here. This is indeed scientific development of energy control. All right, now then, our subject is is the Holy Spirit in revival. Don't don't get leg weary on this. Now let's talk about spiritual development of energy control. We talked about scientific. Let's re- let's read what Jesus said in Luke twenty four forty nine. Jesus said, "And behold." I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. What kind of power was it? That's the kind that made an atom. That's the kind that made the wind and and, and everything. It's out there. He said now there's going to be some kind of a power that you're going to be given. Now here's what I think as, as a person. It seems that in the same proportion that scientific control has been exercised in the material things, spiritual control of energy has decreased. I believe that. I believe there's less shouting in the land than there's ever been in the gift of the United States. I believe there's less amens in the church of God than there's ever been. I believe there's more people sitting in complacency and just saying, well, preach on, preacher. I believe that's an all-time low while the scientific world is sitting on the top of the mountain just come back down out of space and the great feet That makes us all fall to our knees compared to what we know spiritually. But God said there's going to be something done for us. There is less demonstration of the control of spiritual energy today than almost at any time in the past, at least in America. Many are saying the church is spiritually bankrupt. I don't believe that, but I hear that statement quite often. I don't believe this church is spiritually bankrupt. Have we anything to offer for us in the spiritual realm today? I say yes to that. Do Scripture and experience hold out any hope for the spiritually minded man in our modern society? I say it does. If I didn't, I wouldn't be here tonight. But everything you call church might not offer that. Is there a necessary explosive power and energy to crack the modern social situation? I say there is. I believe there's something, Brother Lynn, that you, you, you keep giving me the testimony. That churches that you attended as a lad, that you grew up, that you considered them nothing but a social coming together. Is that, isn't that what you keep telling me? Well, I've asked the question, do you believe there's a power that can crack that? Is there something that we can do to overcome? I say that there is. Is there anything at hand to counteract all the sickening situations we encounter in the, in Christians and in our nation? Have we, in, have we in our time permitted this scripture to be truer than we like? brother called out of this now, but he used to be in it more than four years ago, right in the center of it. And Bill Davis run him a close second. Luke 16 and 8 says this about a parable of a man about a steward. He is unjust, but he's wise to take care of himself. And Jesus commended him from that side. Luke 16 and 8. And the Lord commanded uh, commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than children of life. Do you feel like the scientist is wiser than preachers? Than <throat> you know, we all kindly thank a lot of Brother Jimmy because he is kindly, he, whatever he says, he keeps on at it. He had his Bible study, he kept going to laugh and put tongue. But most of us just fiddle-faddle. While these scientists split the atom into went to the moon and still working day and night, feverishly, while we hold up our hands in defeat. I don't believe we have to do that. I don't believe I have to do like I'm doing. If I do, how am I going to say, well, God, your power ain't nothing to me. You give it all to the atom. You give it all to the scientists. You give them the ability to stay up all night, but oh, i got to have my sleep. Brother James, I had told me when I seen him a uh, Friday and I believe his body was numb from work. Well, I believe old Thomas Edison had a numb body year after year, year after year, until he developed electricity like he wanted it. Doing that, sleeping three hours at night. No, never no more than five. And don't you tell me then I can't get up from that power that made all the electricity to <laughs> him discovered. Could I get up an hour early to pray to him? If I cannot, why can I not do it? Now, unless we see this, we just well, to close these meetings down and never come back anymore. And this is not hard tonight, but it's facing the issue of the Holy Spirit in revival, of God that made everything, and he said, literally, I live in you. And the one living in you is more powerful than the Adam because I made it. Yeah. <coughs> you believe that, Brother Richard? How much do we believe it? Will we in three months from now be more dedicated to the things that need to come before us? Now then, let's, let's look at that last one again. Have we in our time permitted this scripture to be truer than we like? For the children of this world and their generation was wiser than the children of life. And Brother Todd already gave a testimony tonight in some way that he used to be a lot more wrapped up in his work. For he is no good than he is now. And I think we'd all have to agree that the whole world, generally, is running this right. The next thing I want to talk about in this is a search by some devoted souls is necessary. A search by some devoted souls are necessary. Acts 2 and 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I, 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 I never have spoken tongue, tongues, but the power that lives in me that will let me do what all the will that God has for me to do. If it includes speaking in tongues before I die, I'll be speaking in them. That same power is in me, or this Bible is literally lying. That's what I've got to bring myself to. Is a God lying, or is it so? Then if it's so, I'll just get up and walk by, like Abraham and Paul. God's not going to tell me to leave the Earl of Calese. He may tell me to leave Ripley. He may tell me to leave Mississippi. He may tell me to go way younger somewhere. But will I go? If I believe him, I'll go. But now I'm just as scared as a rabbit. I believe about other people. Because we're living defeated lives, generally speaking, I do honestly believe. But here the Spirit has come, here in this verse, and it filled them. it said, I am constrained to believe That some devoted men and women must search for a means of control of spiritual energy. Uh, energy. You've got to control the spiritual energy for it to release itself, just like you've got to hook up the old gray mare to release her energy for the plow. And if we don't do it that way, it'll be in there when it'll be released. And we can't hardly know it's there, and we'll keep groping. Yet God said it is in there. But I've got to find some way to control it, or harness it, and then it will release itself. So I'm saying I'm sure it's going to take some devoted men and women that can get up and testify, I tried it, and this is it, and it's wonderful to know something about. I believe that. The same devotion to a task in self-discipline, labor, and expenditure of time, thought, and money in the spiritual realm as in the physical if we are going to meet the spirit of our time. I believe the church of God should go down in utter shame if it cannot raise its head victoriously and say the power that sent them men to the moon. I know it's in me. Yea and amen. If we can't do it, we can't meet the spirit of the time. And young people are finally going to become convicted that scientists have got it by the tail and with a downhill pull. If we cannot have some devoted men and women to say, "No, sir, it's not that way," we know by experience it's not that way. Who's going to follow a bunch of people that forever and ever are going to hold up our hand with defeated lives? I say nobody really. What do you say, Jimmy? That's the way it is. Only such persistence and devotion can release the energy which God has placed at our disposal. And is ready for use. I am persuaded the energy is here. And if, we'll, and if we'll pay the price to get the power, we'll experience it. The atomic energy of God is the Holy Spirit. Knowledge of that infinite power is inherent in the Holy Spirit. All power belongs to God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And everybody believes the Trinity of the Godhead. These three with these three on one, they believe that the Holy Spirit is God. And God's the Holy Spirit. And let's not try to fathom that. Let's just accept that if you believe in the Trinity, you have to believe that. And then when you say that the Holy Spirit is God, then you've got to say that the same infinite power that's in God is in that Holy Spirit. Then if that Holy Spirit lives in you and that Spirit is God, then the infinite power and knowledge is in you that made that Adam one day. I've got to say it that way or say that the scripture is not inspired and I've just been misled all the time. I've got to see it that way. I may never believe Ur of the Chaldees if I was called upon, but the scripture is describing it in this terms in my belief. Our text says, we have not received the spirit of timidity, but of dynamite. Those that believe in the Trinity of the Godhead believe that the Holy Spirit is God in us? The unlimited energy and power of God is resident in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is in us. John fourteen and sixteen. Just jot these down. John fourteen and sixteen. Ephesians two and twenty two said it's in the church, and First Corinthians six and nineteen said it's in you and it's in me. It's in the believers. And Ephesians 1 and 19 talks about that exceeding great power to us work. If the Holy Spirit is within us, there is no excuse for our exercising, for us not exercising that great power. Yet in too many instances, we are defeated, are we not? Now, I want to pause here and say this. I believe that we have to have a revival along the way. But what we call it a revival, God knows nothing about. If you go to church regularly, you'll never have to have a big meeting to revive you if you're connected and ever experience what I'm talking about tonight. Neither will I. Amen. A big, an, an, another meeting is like you had a great chapter where there's a lot of good preaching, a lot of good fellowship, a lot of good instruction to make you a little bit better. But this thing being revived at that, God don't know what you're talking about. And the Holy Spirit is absolutely mum about it. Abraham didn't have to have a big meeting to go into Canaan land, he just had God told him. He said, Okay, I'll be loading up and leaving that. No doubt Paul said, Mom and Daddy, you may not understand, but I know the God. I know the God that created all of us. I know him real well. And I'm going to follow him, and I'm determined to do it. Now, Paul didn't know about the Adam. See, I know more than Paul, but if Paul had said it that, he said, While well, well, the God that made that, you can't even measure him in power. Now that this is real, or or the Bible is lying, I really believe that tonight. I'm not saying how strong I am, I'm just saying to show that I'm either going to get right with God, or either I need to quit fiddle-fadding around, and I spend the rest of my time signing up this great mountain of adventures with the Lord as an individual. Because the power that created Adam, that put men on the moon, is in me, or the Bible is literally untrue. I've got to say it that way. All right. Examination of the conditions of this spiritual time. In Acts 16 and 20, it's about Paul and Silas. It said, And it brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Well, all I want to say about that verse is that, undoubtedly, that Paul and Silas had met the conditions whereby the Holy Spirit would release itself and fearlessly went to battle for the Lord. They didn't care whether they, if they, nobody else didn't battle it. they couldn't help it. But now we want to know what the other thought are going to do. And I'm sick with that in my own being. And I'm sure you're trying to get that out of me. All right? The word itself is said to possess this power, Hebrews 4 and 12. Now, if you want to believe this word is Jesus, that's all right with me. Let me read that statement now. We examine now, we examine of the conditions of this spiritual power. The word itself is said to possess this power, Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intense of the heart. Now, here's a statement I want everybody to remember. If God's word is rejected, we have no expectation of power. Amen. I'm going to let you write that down, Brother Paul. That's an important statement. Amen. Get you a clean sheet of faith. We're it to find what defeats us all now as we go along. we all time wondering well, why are we defeated? Well, One reason is that I don't believe God's word and I won't do what he says. Then he puts me in the corner, well, I must not love him like I thought I did. Then I'll examine myself and everybody else will just get looking so much better. If God's word is rejected, we have no expectation of power. I mean, he didn't look for any. Herein is the explanation why so large a segment of Christianity is eliminated from experiencing the the infinite energy of God. What is the reason they don't experience it? It's because they reject the Word of God. This is the first reason now. So if I reject that, I need to even try to find any other way. This energy is always associated with Christ. The Holy Spirit, or the energy of God, was given to testify of crimes. Not to the church, nor to you. I tell you what we've done. It was, was given to where we could testify and exalt Christ. Oh, we need to listen to that tonight. The church won't pay any more attention to that. And all the trouble I have. You know, I get up there and preach wherever I've been, and everything's all right until some little something gets up to where men can't find glory. And you don't have to go that way. That's a sin dark as you can ever think about. Nothing to it. The Holy Spirit or the energy of God was given to testify of Christ, to exalt Christ, to lead people to the truth concerning Christ. John 14 and 26, and John 15 and 26. When Christ is not supreme, God's power is absent. You see now, Brother Richard, me and you've been saying all along we've got to do things for self-glory. Well, every time that if I give my body to be burned for self-glory, it be a sin for God. Yeah. Well, if that spirit that created Adam is living in you and I, we can quit that. I know I can quit it if, if the Bible is so. And if it's not so, I need to just change my way of thinking and drink and be merry, for tomorrow I might die. We can stop that. If we want to do like Brother Barber said, let the spirit just see we're nothing and turn over to the spirit and live by him. The power or energy of the Holy Ghost is not an end in itself to be sought. You don't seek the Holy Ghost to tingle you, make your hair stand up, or, or, or say, well, oh, I, I know what it is to be filled with Well What is it? Oh, I just felt a tingling in me. That's seeking the Holy Spirit to the end within its own self. It's not for that. It's not to do you, make you tingle. It's to fix you where you'll exalt Christ. The reason Abraham exalted Christ wasn't because he tingled, it's because he left her of the Chaldees and, and done God's will under his power. Yes. And Paul was determined to be Christ-centered, not that he felt a tingling or heard a voice or seen a white sheet or a dark object run through the land. It's nothing like that. That's seeking the Holy Spirit before you can run in, or it's not a bunch of playing a bunch of pianos and everybody getting shouted and patting their feet. That's not what it's all about either.
1: That's good for the flesh.
0: Real good for it, but it does not exalt Christ. The power or energy of the Holy Ghost is not an end in itself to be sought. It is to be sought as a means to the exaltation of the Lord Jesus Christ, for God's sake. That's why you want to be filled with Spirit, to exalt Christ. Not to exalt yourself, but oh, the world is running over that. And I've been in the middle with the robo. The lives of Peter, Barnabas, Stephen, Philip, Paul becomes illustrations of this experience. You'll not tell... It, the, you know the fuller they come, the less they become to themselves. Oh, Paul just got everything out of the way and it Christ. The discovery of how to release this power and to use it is the next thing. The Holy Spirit is present in and available to every believer. I, I believe that. John 14 and 26. The most weakest child of God, if they would exercise the power of prayer and fulfillment of the divine promise, that person may move the universe by the force set in motion. This universe is still being moved by some degree by the motion that Paul set in force 2,000 years ago. I'd be the most weakest grandmother just fixing to go to the grave might offer up such a power that would set such a force in motion that it would turn America completely around. It's not what one individual just prays, it's a force that you set in motion to be ignited without explaining to Adam till great things happen. But we won't wait on that for ten years, twenty years. If God don't explore the next day, we just figure like it's all over with. The formation of movements, and neither in conference rooms, is the answer for the power of the Holy Spirit in revival. Now, the deacons and the preacher in the conference room is not the answer for it. And if you call this a movement, that's not the answer either, unless we exalt Christ. If it is for that purpose, we will be made less and Christ greater and do God a service, and we'll know it too. I believe that. The technique of controlling this power energy of God Must be mastered. Men, in mastering the atomic energy of nature, have been compelled to wear lead suits to protect them from harmful rays. It is necessary in the spiritual discovery to protect ourselves from all fantasyism and from the harmful movement which may arise. Perhaps a long line of spiritual research by men and women will be necessary. To release the spiritual energy of God, that energy is there. We cannot doubt. In other words, it may be possible that that Kathy and Evan's children may be better prepared to tell us how to release the Holy Spirit of God than any person in this room will be. It could be that way as we go on and become more and more and more and more dedicated. Going to a big meeting won't get it done. It won't get it done. i just have to use an individual to be more faithful. Through that channel, it, it will help. But that's not the revival I'm talking about. Prayer, the means of releasing this energy of God. Now, we've already said that when we deny the Word, you need to look for any power. But prayer is the main thing that it takes to release this dynamic force called the Holy Spirit. God in us. Acts 17 and 6, it says... It says, this is when, uh, it says, and when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren into the, into the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. The reason I read that verse was, I believe these men had found the exact clue to it. And men couldn't do what these men are doing without that dynamite exploding in their soul that made them think dying for Jesus' small price to pay considering cattle. We preach about that on Sunday morning, we sweat, and I get my handshell out, and I deliver the discourse the best I can. And if there's ever one soul moved in the speaking, I never know it. But here's men out there just out right on the frontier, battling the very forces of hell. And, and and it was such a disturbance to me and said, Why they literally come here with that same doctrine that I've been hearing about preaching all along, and here they're here. And I've been if Reading, if there's that power out there, don't you believe it ought to put us over there to get them old women on Sunday morning? I'm asking you that tonight. With all that such drudgery. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not not being gruff now. But I'm telling you what it's all about tonight, and I've got to learn it myself. And these people just begin to learn it in this book, and it got them in so much trouble, it'll get us in trouble too, some way or another. I already got brother called into a little trouble. It might make him lose a little money. It might make me lose a lot of things. It might make me spend a little nest egg that I cling to so dearly. It might not. But these men are out there carrying the word of the Lord for the first time. The promise of the Holy Ghost and power is connected with prayer, John 14 and 16. Greater works the disciples would do your Jesus said. These are some things are connected with that, some promises, John 14 and 12. Pray to the Father in his name, it says, John 14 and 14. The gift of the Holy Ghost, or the divine energy, we've already read that, carry out Jerusalem, Jerusalem, until you be endued with power from on high, Luke 24 and 49. Listen, mountain moving is connected with prayer. Jesus never promised anyone that could move a mountain without praying. You say, well, it's, it takes faith. Well, who can say they've got a lot of faith and say, I don't pray? That's crazy to take that position. If you find a man full of, full of faith, you can rest assured he's on his knees a lot of the time praying to God. Foolish to think it in other terms. Man moving is connected with prayer, Mark eleven twenty four. and 24. Prayer is the spiritual energy which releases the power that is the Holy Spirit. The individual so praying as to release divine power will certainly be charged with holy power far beyond any ordinary mortal, and you won't have to be around them three days to know what's going on. There will be no endowment from heaven on an individual, no revival in the church, no season of divine blessing, until there is first a fervent, effectual prayer to release the divine energy, James 5 and 16. The practice of prayer necessitates a discipline as great as any in the scientific world. I'm going to read that to you again now. The practice of prayer necessitates a discipline as great as any in the scientific world. First, there must be a denial of self. And a dedication of time and energy to the task. Edison lived with but three to five hours sleep while making his great discoveries. The scientists have worked feverishly without regard to health or comfort or future. I know that's a true statement. If I die tomorrow, I'll, I'll, I'll die trying to see what the outcome of this uh, experiment is. John Wesley arose each morning at four o'clock and devoted one hour to prayer. John Wesley was in a revival. He was in a revival a long time ago. Martin Luther did the same thing to devote two hours to prayer each morning, and he was in a revival as far as I'm concerned. Jesus Christ arose early in the morning to pray, sometime prayed all night. The practice of prayer demands faithfulness the individual, must, the individual must be dependable, trustworthy before God. You know, Paul said that Jesus counted him faithful, putting him into the ministry. Paul was faithful to whatever he went at, and Jesus knew it. And he knew just figure as he transformed him in the right channel, that everybody else better get out of the way, because he's a faithful man. This idea of praying 30 minutes all oh, this week, but next week you forget all about it. Jesus is not interested. Not interested at all in that. Because we, he wouldn't count us faithful. All the promises concerning prayer are conditioned on faith. All the promises concerning prayer are conditioned on faith. Have faith in God, Jesus said, Mark 11 and 22. Can you imagine a man praying four hours and not having no faith and expecting a result? The revival are the divine energy in action. Revival. Revival is a name given to a display of divine power in the social order. Now I'm telling you, when Paul was going through the land, or any an of those, even John West's day, our brothers, they were able to display a display of divine power in the social order, and everybody got upset about it, and they're ready to kill you when that goes about. It. That's what a revival is now. Oh, it's not just weak, meeting. we didn't know about it in any faith. That's just another meeting. That's all in the world. That is generous. Revival is a name given to a display of divine power in the social order. Now if it ever gets that way, it'd be a revival. A revival is a religious explosion, shattering our complacency, traditions, and contentment with our sinful condition. Now brother, when you get, when when something comes to you that shakes you out of you just sitting there, and makes you just throw traditions away to exalt Christ, and makes you feel like a rotten sinner, uh, that's a revival until that day comes. It's a big meeting. That's all it is. I want to read them two again. Revival is a name given to a display of divine power in the social order. A revival is a religious explosion, shattering our complacency, traditions, and contentment with our sinful condition. It compels the attention of men. Don't tell me it don't. Here's the it does. It compels the attention of men. Just as the explosion on Hiroshima compelled the consideration of the world, it had to consider whether they wanted to or not. The magnitude's too great. And I'll tell you when this power of God that made that Adam, that lives in me, is released, it'll compel people to take notice. It said about those people and they take notice that they've been of God. Sometimes I meet with a person, I don't have to be around them too many. I know they've been of God. I can be around other people a week at a time, and it, I just don't know. Don't tell me it's not real. I know this is real tonight. We're going to live by it in these coming togethers. Or are we just wasting our time in my, that's the way I feel about it. It compels the attention of men. It is true that men who have participated in revival have been laughed at, ridiculed, but nevertheless, through God, have set in motion a movement which claimed hundreds of thousands of people to rededicate to purity and to spiritual things, rather than to things of this world. Don't you believe you've experienced a little of that, Brother Clough? Amen. Yes, sir. The nature of a revival, Acts 2 and 12. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What mean this? That's the nature of a revival. What's going on? i never seen anything like that before. A revival is a release of power in which the supernatural becomes operated in, the in, in individual lives, resulting in new conduct. We need to listen to that. I'm telling you, we live in a day when we belong to the church, uh, and there's nothing required. You can, you can act like a born-again person, unborn, because we don't really know what a born-again person is supposed to be acting like. Yeah. But he supposed to be acting like the power uh, that uh, that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was not like born, and there was darkness upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. That Spirit that moved upon the face of the water and created power, the Bible says, literally lives in Lin's day. Now don't you tell me you can't cut that knowledge down. If the power is there, I'll let you do it. But you're honest when you said you didn't want to. That's why that Christianity is dragging where she's at. We don't want to because nobody else wants to. But there's a little bunch in this book we read about that wanted to do something about that. As an individual, you want to go along with me and they said, it'd probably be costly and it'd be up to you to make a decision. That's what it's all about. But we cannot say, oh, I'm just so weak. Only to say that I'm weak as far as a human being, but there's a power in me that's equal to God. I've got to say that. I've got to say it. Amen. Got to say it. So what means is this way back on A restraint enters the individual like which makes him a changed unit in society. And when this is multiplied, it renews and transforms society. It cannot be transformed any other way but by force. If you hadn't got this, then you got the law, and get generally fails. The only thing that'll transform society in the right way is Christianity in revival. Nothing else will do it. And I challenge you to produce a history book that says it will. There's not one other way that you try to do it. By force. Alright? When a scale of action becomes larger than the individual and affects churches, communities, and ultimately a nation, it is called a revival. In these revivals, the strength is given to roll back the tides of sin and corruption which engulf society. You know, as I said, it was, the strength was given. I'm just about through now. The need and hope of such a religious revival in our day. Do we have any hope for such an explosion of Christian energy in our day? I, I would. I'd have hope of it. Why? Because it's available. The Bible says, Repent that your sins may be blotted out in the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Acts 3 and 19. It is possible to have such an outpouring. Is it possible to have such an outpouring at any time during this dispensation? That kind of revival, quickening is possible now. I believe that. The possibility of this is great. There are no doubt but what thousands of people are longing, yearning, and praying for revival. I believe that. I wish I knew where one of them was at, but they're around. Our need is for some of God's people to see the challenge of the enemy and to give themselves to prayer before it is too late. Why would you want to give yourself to prayer? That's the way to release the atomic energy of God, which is the Holy Spirit. Who will devote themselves, now here I say I'm getting down to the vine, I never say this in church, I'm saying here tonight. Who will devote themselves to prayer to release God's divine energy, to bring about a revival, Whoever the person is, he or she must be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. I guess four things are all we need. You don't have to get a notebook and say, Well, it'll take ten pages and I cannot remember them. It's just four things to bring a revival. It'll bring a revival in my life that never reached any further than that if I only live by it. Here they are. God, we must have God's Word, and God's Word must be obeyed. We've got to have that. The exaltation of Christ only must be our quest, not the exaltation of ourselves. That's that's one of the great hindrances in our day. You know sometimes we'll go to church and someone said the wrong thing and I got my feet a little bit hurt. And we're not there for that anyway. We are we're there to exalt time. We must have absolute dedication in prayer. Not two thirds or ninety nine percent. Absolute dedication in prayer you say, well, I don't believe that's possible. Well, how could Jesus Christ ever say, well, I agree and I put Paul in the ministry because of his faithful man? Because maybe if, if I, if I labored hard enough, that Jesus might not thank that in me if he didn't tonight. Even though I wasn't born of that same flitting, fire, hair-raising personality Paul was to commit himself to whatever he's doing. That's three. We must have absolute dedicated prayer, and, and we must have the unwavering faith in God. That's, that's just four little things. But it'll turn the world upside down in every person's life that dares to live by I challenge you to try You ought to challenge me to try We must challenge each other. You can't find no challenges in the church. Everybody's shells out the door and you don't even know. You sometimes wonder who you are. All there is to it. I'm challenging you now. That's just four of them. I'm going to read them again. We've got to have God's Word and we've got to obey it. If, if you miss the first you just want to sign off. The exaltation of Christ only must be our quest, absolute dedication in prayer, and have unwavering faith in God. Shall we dedicate our lives to the noble task of spiritual development, whereby God's Spirit would be pleased to release the unquenchable power in our lives for God's sake? I say, I may have been over 30 minutes, but I'm telling you tonight is exactly the heart of brother love. It's not a case I'm getting all of that. Well, but for people to just know that, they wouldn't run up to me and you know some somebody come by and say, "Well, brother, why if you do that, there's gonna be a lot of people talking about you, or you'll be dead at the preacher." I'm telling you, God is bigger than all the other human beings put together, and He tells me, "Don't you fear them, for all they can do is to kill you, but rather you fear Him that can destroy both soul and body in hell." Jesus says that that's in red letters. That's in red letters. The people says, oh, I cannot afford to be rejected. I've got to be in good standing in front of everybody. Jesus Christ said if you do that, there'll never be an ounce of energy relief. That's not in you that could be. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain, in the Lord.